The following podcast contains explicit language. This is Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Diesel Performance Podcast. I do want to say I'm really excited to be here today, Danny. Oh, absolutely. Our show has been blowing up. Absolutely. Phone calls, Facebook messages, text messages, you name it, emails, we've been getting them. Absolutely. And we want to encourage that. Please give us as much feedback as possible. If you have an idea for a topic, if you have an idea of something you'd like us to highlight in a show, or maybe you drive a badass truck and you want to come on and talk about it. And you want to puff your chest out on the show, give us a call. Do it. Uh, we are constantly available on our Facebook page. That is definitely where we're the most active, although you can find our podcast in iTunes, Libsyn, or any other of your preferred podcasting methods out there. Currently, I do want to say last week's episode, we did Cummins Power, and then I think everybody got a chance to hear the Truck Advisor episode. That was a cool episode. That was really a lot of fun with Ryan Carbomb talking about just a normal guy who got a truck, started to put a little money into it, and throughout time, he's just kind of built it to a really awesome place, and we got a chance to talk to him about his future plans. Yeah, he was very passionate about everything. He's got a great um, outlook on everything, and we hope to hear feedback from other people, too, just like that. Absolutely. Dwight Kroon jumping in on Facebook. I think he'll be up here soon. Uh, Chris O'Kane might be on in the wow, future. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so some different guys in the industry. Uh, please, we encourage you, if you have a, a small build, a big build, if you've been in this industry for a year or a hundred years, we'd love to talk to you. And I think that that is a great time to kind of start talking about what our future episode's going to look like. Uh, as we've gotten into this, we're going to start doing the truck advisor segment. We're going to start bringing on some industry professionals to help give you guys some more information. We'll talk about transmissions and turbos. I think our next two topics we're lining up. Yeah, we're going to chat with Bob here from Duramax Tuner. That's right. Yeah. So we did a Cummins Power. We got to get into Duramax Power. Yeah, you can't just talk about one and not the other. That's right. Power strokes? We we can do one about power strokes. I, I think I think I got an idea. Okay. And I'm not going to release the don't information yet. Don't spill the yet. beans yet. Don't take the lid off this yet. Right. If you are loving your oval, we have something coming for you in the future. A treat. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, anything's a treat, I guess, if you're driving a Ford in my experience. So. Hey, that's why jelly beans are different colors. There's something for everybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> you and my my kindergarten teacher should get together on telling jokes, man. It would be the funniest thing I've ever heard. I've got more one-liners than anybody. <laughs> so uh, bring them on. Excellent. Uh, so in today's episode, Danny, you got a chance to talk to Bob Peterson, Shotgun Bob. Yeah, Bob Peterson. You know, he's if he's not hunting, he's tuning. He's not <laughs> tuning, he's hunting. So I was really excited to get a chance to talk to him. I never get a chance to talk to him. He's always so engulfed in his work. Bob always brings a lot of solid information. Uh, we're really glad that he came on the, the show today. Take it away, Bob and Danny. We're going to talk about LB7 through LML and... Hopefully, Bob can give us some pointers that maybe you didn't know. So as far as an LB7, Bob, if you owned one, well, you used to own one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I know two truck. What, what did you do to have fun? I mean, I'm a little impartial, I guess. I say tuning's always your first step. That's going to be the way I look at it and always have is, um, you know, especially if you're buying an LB7, it's probably a budget build or, you know, you're, you're kind of money conscious. So um, for me, it's always bang for your buck, so dollar per horsepower um and you're not going to even touch anything compared to tuning you know you you spend seven eight hundred bucks on a tune or a you know a spaded and uh you're going to get a hundred horse on a stock trans out of that so you know that that's big big power for small amount of dollar um 
yeah, there's a lot of bolt-on stuff you can do in LB7. Uh, you're definitely going to want to do something with the, the wastegate, so either a, a Banks big head wastegate or a, um, a boost valve uh, to keep the wastegate closed a little longer. It's going to get more boost out of the factory charger and, and keep it cool. Obviously, boost is, is everything on these motors. So um, after that, really, uh, you know, you got your basic intake and exhaust and stuff like that, but at that power level... Um, it's a real big misconception, I think, you know, on stuff I've seen in the dyno and, and trucks I've tuned that, that you have to do an exhaust, you have to do an intake, um, you have to do gauges, you know, a, a hundred horse tune on a stock trans LB7 with a boost valve is, uh, is very safe EGTs wise. You know, if you're going to use the truck for what the tune is designed for, um, you know, you don't have to have gauges. A stock exhaust is going to run in in the safe levels of temperatures and and flow wise um the stock intake i my lb7 i made 545 horsepower on the stock intake so we'll return to the diesel performance podcast in just a moment but first we want to hear from our sponsor calibrated power solutions of moringo illinois home of duramaxtuner.com calibrated power provides performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. Located in Marengo, Illinois, about an hour west of Chicago, CPS has a 16,000-square-foot facility with a complete diesel shop and four-wheel drive dyno. For more information and great customer service, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. Now, back to the podcast with Bob from DuramaxTuner.com and Danny Voss. I mean, have you noticed that, you know, there's obviously 01 to 04 and a half, you got your LB7. Can you make more power on an 01 versus an 04 and a half? Not, no. I mean, they're all same turbo, same injection system. I mean, it's all very similar and, and, you know, not relevant to peak power. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing, you know, when you first step up to the plate is, is uh, your trans is limiting you. So, you know, like I said, that's about 100 horse on a stock trans. And then out from there, you know, you, you get in that lift pump and built trans and, and stuff to get the max effort out of the stock turbo. So That's awesome. You know, I get asked a lot of questions. Um, but for some reason, you know, uh, LLYs kind of have a bad name as far as being problematic. Um have you personally owned an LOI, or I know you tune a bunch of them? But. Yeah, I have not owned one. I mean, yeah, they do get a little bit of a bad rap. They were made for just a year and a half there. They were kind of in between the the old reliable longest run on on the, you know, the LB7s are made for three and a half years, four years, or whatever. So, I mean that you know you come off of that and you run a truck for a year and a half that that did they do you know some of them do have head gasket problems. Um, the injectors are better than the LB7s, so. I mean, they're not by any means. I would say each Duramax has their their pros and cons, so they get a little bit of a bad rap. But I wouldn't say they're bad by any means. Um, you know, you still got the five speed trans compared to LB7. Uh, like I said, bang for your buck. I think tuning is still going to be first step on that. Um, but there is some other parts you're going to want to address on an LLY, definitely yeah. over an LB7. Um, like I said, on the LB7, you know, intake exhaust isn't necessary. Uh, a turbo inlet mouthpiece is definitely um necessity on an LLY the factory mouthpiece is very very restrictive it's a real tight 90 sweep coming off the intake and the air just kind of swirls around there it slows it down it swirls it doesn't get a good draw by that like I said that tight angle and it's restrictive there 
Um, you know, a lot of guys will go to the the L or the LBZ style mouthpiece, or S and B makes a really ballooned opening piece that uh, doesn't restrict it and doesn't turn the air quick through that uh, that piece. So that's a, almost a necessity. I mean, GM was actually updating them for a while there because they were having overheating issues with them. Right. That's what you hear a lot about, you know, LLY is overheating. So as far as head gasket issues, do you think that's directly related to overheating? I think it'd be really hard to to prove that, you know. I mean, it it doesn't hurt, you know, cooling the truck off and keeping it healthy is, is always a positive. So whether it saves your head gaskets or it just saves the motor or makes it run more power or more efficiently, it, it's a must-do if you have an LLI. Um, you know, next step would definitely, the you know, this introduction of the fuel pressure relief valve on the back of the rail in a 04 and a half. Um, very problematic on stock trucks even. So, again, something you want to address as soon as you get the truck if you're going to tune it. Um, by a relief valve? Yeah, by a relief valve. And it's pretty easy deal. You to- torque it down to, what, 65 foot-pounds of torque and yeah. get it in there because it's under high pressure and get it done. What is it, 50 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 50 bucks easy. Um, you know, like you said, necessity though, you know, it's, it's overlooked by a lot of people, you know, like I said, I can't press enough that everybody says intake exhaust tune, you know, uh, there, there's other things to look at immediately, even sometimes before you get the tune, like these parts, you know, you'll see a stock truck be inadequate without these parts. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I've heard that over and over again. I've never personally owned an LOI, but I've owned a bunch of LBZs, which are my favorite. What brings people to the lbz over a lot of the other ones that oh, you see like we said i mean the the lb7 had their injector issues the lois had some head gasket issues they both came with five speed transes which are fine for 100 horse over stock um but they uh they seem to not take an abuse very well um so you get an lbz truck which is a big jump you get the six speed i mean six speeds are very very resilient compared to a five speed and um you know, I've personally and uh, pushed six speeds in my personal truck and in uh, customers' trucks. You know, 130 horse is what we sell a stock trans package tune-wise. Um, but, I mean, I've seen them 150, 180 horse. You know, some guys even running built trans tunes on them, being careful. You can make them last for a long time. You get on a five-speed with a 180-horse tune a few times, and you're going to be in limp mode, and it's just going to go all downhill from there the six speeds are pretty strong so i mean that that's the huge jump in my opinion if you buy a stock truck and you're looking to upgrade it you know like i said that tuning uh you also want to look at the relief valve that's um, got the upgraded mouthpiece so you don't have to do that you know intake exhaust gauges if you want personal preference but the truck's going to run fine at a you know a stock trans power level with that uh stock exhaust stock intake stuff like that um it's not pushing the limits so so, I mean, what does it really take for an LBZ to push that 530 marker, 550? I mean, what would you do if somebody called you and said, hey, I want 530 horse at the rear wheel? What can you tell them? I mean, there's a there's a couple options that's really overlooked that I've done on, on one of my trucks and I've done with some customers is, you know, you don't have to do the $6,000 trans right away. Um, you know, if you're looking for a 500 horse truck, you can throw a converter, you know, in in a truck and a shift kit what kind of converter i mean there's so many different triple disc converters on the market i mean what and i'm not trying to plug anybody here but we just like to talk about what works i mean what what works yeah i mean in our built transes we use garin converters um we've had very good luck it's a very smooth locking converter 
Um, you know, guys at ATS, we've had some good luck with their converters, you know, just tossing a converter in a truck, like I said, with a shift kit. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are, those are the two I'd recommend to you. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of your budget build trans on a, on a six speed. If it's not super high miles and you just want that 500 horse, you know, put a converter and a shift kit in it. The stock clutches, you know, with the higher line pressure from the shift kit will hold, you know, 500 horse. Uh, 530 horse, uh, this limit of the stock turbo, more or less, you know, put a lift pump on the truck. Um, the big thing is to keep in mind though, if you're going to drop the trans to put a converter in it and you're going to drop the pan to put a shift kit in it, if you're not doing it yourself, you're going to pay a lot of labor for that. So if you do plan on making six, 700 horse with the truck in the future, it's not a good idea to do the budget build trans because you're going to have, you know, a thousand dollars into labor, you know, probably 15, $1,800 into parts. So, you know, you're, you're, a little under three grand usually on a budget build, but then uh, those stock clutches will be pushed to their limit if you go higher than that. So then you're like, oh crap, you're going back in paying another thousand dollars in labor to have it dropped out and put the clutches in, and and you know that that becomes the difference between fifteen hundred dollars to you know twenty five hundred three grand again. So then then you're spending seven grand rather than five or six, you know, to begin with. So yeah, keep in mind what your power goals are in the future. Mm-hmm. And that's how I always tell everybody to build, you know, and, you know, don't get too far ahead of yourself with fuel. Don't get too far ahead of yourself with air, have a goal, shoot for it and a budget and, you know, really think ahead because you can get yourself in trouble buying the wrong parts at the wrong time. You've never seen that before. <laughs> never. You know, LBZs are really popular because they can handle a lot of power and not have to do very much to them compared to the other ones having a few problems. They don't run a FICM, a fuel injection control module. They don't run a few of the smaller things that were problematic in the uh, previous years. But moving forward, I know you have a you know pretty cool truck. I, I absolutely love your truck. You, you let me drive it for a weekend, which is really cool. Um, so I know you know what it takes to make power in the LMM, but the people listening want to know, what did you do to your truck to make it run so nice? Yeah, I mean, my I get to drive thousands of trucks, obviously, and dyno them and tune them, and and that you know I just took what I thought the the best combination of everything was, and uh, like I said, I shot for a power goal with a budget. Um, I've got an LMM with LML rods and pistons in the motor, so um, just a budget build, cheap thing that I did to to kind of get uh, the pistons out of the back of my mind, the LBZ and LMM pistons at uh seven horse 700 horse or a little more sometimes depending on what you're doing you know heat's the enemy of pistons and so is high boost numbers so i did that but uh you know i did a stock uh stocker twin kit so it's a stock charger in the valley with an s475 it's got 60 over extra injectors ats dual fueler built trans um you know it's it's my hunting truck, my daily driver. So I really wanted something that drove really nice, that wasn't obnoxious, that spooled quick. I mean, and to me, that's hands down the best thing you can you can drive is a, a stocker twin kit with you know a mild set of injectors and and dual pumps, and it just uh, it's no bullshit. It's a nice ride and and smooth. it's quiet. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so quiet. How did you get it? What, what kind of exhaust are you running? It's actually got a, a big muffler on it. Um, and so it, it's something I did. To, muffler? What are you, like 50? Yeah, exactly. Come well, on, Bob. It's, it's nice to drive. I mean, all you hear is that turbo, you know? Yeah. It's definitely fun to listen to the turbo sing a little bit. You know? Yeah. Well, you don't have that loud noise. And knock on wood, I've owned that truck for four years, and, and I... We haven't really gotten pulled over in it. Knock on wood. Yeah. 
the old truck, you know, old LB7 on 20s and 35s and straight pipe roaring, you know, they were just looking for an excuse. You want the exhaust ticket, you want spin the tires, you want tint. What you <laughs> How want? many tickets you yeah. want, Bob? Pick your ticket. Now <laughs> it's Mr. like Peterson. no tint, you know, keep it, keep it low key and fly under the radar. And that's kind of my style. Yeah, I had a cop ask me one time, uh, how many tickets would you like tonight? And I said, well, zero, please. And he ended up giving me one, but you don't ever want that question being asked. Yeah. Yeah, that was, I had that a couple times. Do you want the loud exhaust? Do you want the tint? Do you want the, you know, which, which ticket do you want? So, well, you get older, you live and learn, you know, and you, you learn, like you said, to stay off the radar, just mm-hmm. to kind of blend in with traffic. Um, but of course, there's always a couple of guys out there that want to, you know, get the attention. But I got to tell you, you know, I'm going to buy an LML. That's what I want. You know, I'm gonna, I got a wife now. We're going to start a family. And what better truck to have as a family truck? And Jeez, you're calling me old. Come on. Hey, I'm, you know, I got a few years on you. Oh. If I waited any longer, she was going to disappear. You know, yeah. she was stomp, tapping her foot asking me, when are you going to, you know, ask me the big question? So. Oh, jeez. It, it was a tough one, but when you got a good one, you better hang on to her. Yeah, that's for sure. Just like a truck, too. Just like a truck. And it's funny, you held on to your truck for a long time, so it looks like uh, you're pretty good at this commitment thing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully uh, your girlfriend's listening to this, so Um, she can be smiling ear to ear. Yeah. But back to, you know, the LML. I got to tell you, I want an LML so bad. I've had a bunch of LBZs. I've already lived that scene over and over and over again. What brings people to LML? They're so expensive, but what... And why do people want to buy them? I mean, they did them right. That's for sure. You know, they they uh, they upgraded everything on them. I mean, it's the best interior yet. You know, I mean, the most comfortable. And you got your heating and cooled seats and your Navi and your sunroof and your power slider and your rear DVD. And, you know, you can get the Denali and, and the nicest truck yet. Um, they also upgraded the motor. You know, like I said, I put the LML rods and pistons in my truck because they are... They're strong, you know, they're not going to make a thousand horse on stock bottom end, but, you know, they're definitely stronger than the past years. And I've been running, you know, 750 horse for 40,000 miles on them and haven't seen an issue with that. So, uh, you know, you've got a strong motor power plant behind them. The injectors are bigger. The injectors are going to sport, you know, 50, 60, 70 horse more than the old ones. Um, get you in that mid to high 600 horse range. Wow. And uh, the trans as well. You know, the trans, we pushed them to up around 600 horse without, you know, crazy abuse. They're, they're good, whereas we were just talking on the six speeds. You know, you might be able to get them up to 450, 480 horse. The five speeds, 400 horse. So, I mean, that's a huge jump. And it's a big thing to save in your pocket. You know, if you're looking at an LMM that's going to cost you 35 grand and you can buy an LML that's going to cost you 42. Well, you got a trans already that's going to handle it. Um, you know, you got injectors that are going to handle it. If you're looking to build a 650 horse truck, well, you just saved, you know, six grand on a trans and you just saved a couple grand on going bigger on the injectors and, and, uh, you know, you're getting a little bit nicer truck too. So that's why I always tell guys is the LMLs are the king. Um, you know, they're, they're really nice. A couple downfalls, I guess, to, you know, you don't want to just spotlight everything as, as the good, but the LMLs do have the CP4 pump, which is weak. It's tough. The high-pressure to... injection pump? Yep. Yeah, the high-pressure injection pump is the CP4, whereas all the other Duramaxes had a CP3. Uh, CP4 is weak, so it doesn't make near as much power as a CP3 would. 
Um, it's also prone to failure, and when it fails, it's going to throw contaminants into the injection system, usually ruin the injectors, and and cost you a lot of money. So, uh, you know, I definitely recommend putting a lift pump on an LML immediately if you buy one. Is like gonna, that day. Yeah, uh, I mean that it really. It's a good idea. You know, it's going to keep a constant, dense uh, supply of fuel that keeps the CP4 healthy. Um, so if you're going to run the CP4 pump, get a lift pump on it immediately. If you have the ability to do it, um, you know, throw a CP3 on the truck. They have conversion kits now. Uh, we sell one from SNS Diesel that you can even put on a compliant truck with the EGR on. You don't have to delete anything. Just throw it on there. It's going to be more reliable. It's going to make more power. Um you know, it, it's that's the failure point of the LML, really. If if, if you look at that's it. the pitfall is the CP4. CP4 and and there's no DSP switch on them, so you can't switch on the fly. But other than that, is know, that ever going to come out? You think? I don't know. I mean, that that's not up to me. You know, right. so it's hard to say. Well, this is coming from a guy that has spent more time uh, and has driven more miles on a dyno than most of our listeners have driven their diesel period. And uh, just like to thank you for coming on the show and spending a little time with us because I know you're on the phone all the time. You're always tuning something, working through problems, and trying to help customers get their truck back on the road and right, looking at data logs and everything else that comes with it. But I mean, real quick, I got to ask you since we have you here, I mean, LMLs, you're what, 11, 2011 to present time to go buy one. What's your favorite one? There's, there's different ones. I mean, yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely hard to turn down the 15s with the upgraded interior. I mean, they're all motor-wise and and stuff going to be the same. So, um, you know, if I was going to do it, I would, you know, I have a pretty nice loaded LMM that lacking cooled seats and heated steering wheel, which uh, I get a little heat from a couple of Denali buddies of mine. Like, oh, you don't have that, you don't have that heated steering wheel, man. Once you have it, you never go back. Like, they're right. But, yeah. I, it'd be hard for me to upgrade to an old body style LML because it's pretty similar to my LMM as far right. as the Navi and sunroof and all that stuff. So I would, uh, I would go for the 15, 16, but I think I would change my mind next year when these 17s come out. Hopefully, uh, all the hype's true about those things and they should be another step in the right direction. So you come to work every day. What's the most common question you hear every day? Um, I don't, it's, it's tough to say what's a common question, you know? I mean, one thing is I always try and not cut somebody short when they call, but ask them when they call in, what do you use your truck for? What are your power goals? Try and establish, you know, what this person's doing. You'll get a lot of people you'll call in and say, hey, I've got a 2012 Duramax. And they're like, oh, okay, you need this, 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 and this, you know? Well, it's hard to say. You don't know what that guy's doing. You don't know what he's looking for. Right. So I always try and let the customer fill me in and key me in on what they're doing, what they're using the truck for, what they want out of the truck, what right. their plans are in the future. And then you can build around that. Like I said, you know, you do one thing for a guy that's going to be happy at 500 horse and sell the truck in a year or two to do one thing. And then a guy that's planning on out of that truck for another 10 years and might put a built motor in it and do other things, you know, you want advise them especially on what they do so i would say that you know i don't have a specific question i guess i try and steer people into giving me you know more info about them so i can help the, their specific need for their truck um probably the most common thing that i would say that i i hate to see is uh overfueling trucks so you know you get a guy that calls in with i got a bone stock truck and my injectors went out so i replaced them with 60 percent injectors 
Well, you know, your truck's an LB7 or an LOI, Uh the bottom end on the motor is only going to hold about 650 horse safely, if that. So, you know, that can be made with, you can make 600 horse on stock injectors. So why'd you just spend, you know, five grand on 60% injectors and, uh, you know, that bottom, the motor's never going to hold what that injector can make. So, you know, I always, it's a big misconception is overfueling the trucks you know stock injectors make 600 horse and they they drive nice and they're they're efficient at that power level and and so you know base your fueling around what your your goals are and that that's like i said i can't say it enough is you know find your goals and build according to your goals well most people trust your judgment you're almost like a financial advisor at the same time so let's talk about the big number everybody talks about the thousand horsepower at the rear wheels do you hear that a lot too i mean i I hear it yeah i mean that that's you know it used to be 600 it used to be 700 you know i started doing this stuff back in 08 09 so back then you know if you had a 500 horse truck you know that was that was cool king of the streets you had a built trans yeah i mean built trans back then you know, tuning, lift pump, not everybody was making 500 horse like they are today. And, you know, and then it slowly got to 600 horse, people putting turbos, then it got into injectors and then bigger turbos and then 700 horse, you know, it's it's GT42 truck was like super badass back then, you know, holy shit, how is he spinning that big charger? Well, you know, it keeps going and going and going. So now, yeah, 1,000 horse is the number, you know, and a lot of guys will tell you on the phone, well, I'm not going to be happy with 950 horse. I'm going to be happy with 1,000. Like, I would put, you know, $1,000 on that person. I put them in a seat of a truck that's 950 horse and a truck that's 1,000 horse, and they can't tell you the difference, you know. That's a big thing to me is, you know, I get to dyno these trucks and drive them, and it's about the usable power and where it makes the power in the in the RPM range. So you have these big trucks making, you know, 12, 1300 horse, you know, they're running very large, you know, high pressure valley chargers, you know, 75s in the valley. So that, you know, you have that lag and the the truck makes that power high in the RPM range, which is great for a competition aspect. But if you're driving the truck on the street, I mean, they're not undrivable on the street by any means. Go for that low RPM? But yeah, if, like I said, I built my truck with a stocker twin kit, you know, it makes 750 horse. I could put an S480 on it and 110 housing and make 800 horse. Or, you know, you could do something uh, with a variable vein and a 484 and get up to 900 horse and still have it drive nice. And that's the thing is, like, you feel that 0 to 60, that low RPM seat of the pants dyno this truck feels fucking fast you know holy cow you get in it puts you in your seat you puts a smile on your face immediately you know you get into one of these real high horsepower trucks and i've driven a ton of them and you get on the street you're driving around and you nail it and you're like okay and then all of a sudden it takes off and you're spinning the tires at 50 60 miles an hour well that's cool but you know stable yeah you got to get up to that speed too you got to have room to open up those things you know it's it's uh it's something that it's definitely coming from my experience. I appreciate a seven to 900 horse truck a hundred times more than I do a, you know, a thousand of 1300 horse truck. Well, that just goes back to you always asking those questions and figuring out what they're using the truck for just so you can tune for drivability so they can have a good experience on the road and be able to drive their truck every day and still have big numbers. So I I appreciate what you do. I I know a lot of people do as well. And without guys like you 
I mean, we would be stuck driving a boring stock truck. So, Bob, everybody talks about drivability. What is drivability? What is your, in, in your head, when you think drivability, what does it take to get a truck to drive right? Yeah, that that's a big term that's thrown around a lot. And I don't think, uh, not to sound arrogant, but a lot of people understand what it is, you know. I mean, it, the I, I stress that I get to drive thousands of trucks and dyno them and tune them and stuff. And I get, you know, I've been in the industry for, you know, seven years or so. And, and that's the thing is back in the day, you know, it, it was everybody can make power. You know, box programmers make power. Any guy with EFI Live can make a tune that makes power. Um, that not all tunes and not all trucks are created equally. I mean, the, the big thing for me is we talk, I've talked about my personal truck and I, I like it quiet and I like it smooth and I like the no bullshit, you know, you look at back in the day, these box programmers and stuff were with really aggressive fuel pressure curves and very aggressive timing curves and pulse with curves. You know, you had all your power immediately in the first, you know, 30 to 50% of the throttle, the truck was on, you know, if you've ever driven a Cummins with a Smarty, it's, it's there, it makes power, it feels cool, but it doesn't shift nice, you know, it's hard to drive around in traffic, it's hard to drive with a trailer, you know, you got a really touchy throttle and a really aggressive power curve, it feels good, but when you go to maneuver a trailer around, you're back in your boat in the boat launch, and you're sitting there bucking Bronco, hitting the throttle on and off. Everybody's looking at you. You know, you feel kind of like an idiot, you know. And there's other people that say, oh, this is the best tuning I've ever had. Well, have you ever driven any other tunes? You know, I get to drive trucks when they come in with other people's programs on them. And I get to feel how they don't shift very nice. You know, shift quality is is very, very hard to iron out. A lot of people can get, you know, tune a truck. You can jump in it and say, oh man, this is awesome. This is so nice. I'm super happy with it. Well, yeah, because it's better than stock, you know, right. who isn't going to love a hundred horse? But then, you know, you might not try out somebody else's tunes and realize, you know, that we spend a lot of time on the dyno and a lot of time on the street. You know, we've had a, a four-wheel drive and dyno in-house for years now. Um, you know, you see a lot of tuners that, that don't even have a dyno out there or just getting into dyno in trucks. Like, it's hard for me to grasp how, how nice of a tool that is and uh, mapping out, you know, power curves and then tuning the trans accordingly and, and then going out in the street and making sure that the truck shifts. You know, I don't want to feel my head move when the truck shifts. I want to just feel like it's constant power, you know, shift, nice shift, nice shift, you know. Nice throttle response, nice linear power curve, no smoke, no rattle, no noise, you know. You want to be able to take your grandma for a ride in it and her feel comfortable, not in this smoky, rattly, bucking, you know. Right. Contraption. Yeah, and that's, it's, it's you know, it, like you said, I think you kind of got on me about being old, but, you know, even if you're young, I mean, I don't care if you like your truck to smoke and be loud and do burnouts and truck pull and drag race. But, you know, sooner or later, you might just want to, you know, take the girlfriend out for, for dinner or something and not have the thing rattling and bucking and shifting like crap. I mean, everybody's going to appreciate drivability. And that's a big thing is, is a lot of people don't understand, you know, the big difference. There's a lot of tuners out there, and I'm not saying everybody's bad except for us. But, you know, like I said, more and more people buying V2s out there and building tunes and all of a sudden, you know, I don't know when it came about, but like I said, seven years ago, there wasn't much for EFI live tuners out there. There was, you know, a few of the big guys that are still around today. And that that's a lot of time with, you know, building tunes and, and making them drive correctly and, 
And, uh, you know, those guys out there with, with V2s are just throwing tunes together. And now all of a sudden an EFI live tunes an EFI live tune, and it's better than my box programmer or better than that. And, uh, yeah, you you know, I hear these guys saying, Oh, this tuner is way better than that tuner. And, you know, it's kind of like a piece of ass, you know, you talk to somebody, they've never even had another piece of ass. They have just one. And they now they're talking it up. They they think it's the latest and greatest, but they've never had anything else. Yeah. All of these trucks, in a sense, have their own personality. And everybody's using their truck for a different purpose. So how do you go about finding out that, you know, you got a guy with a truck and you, you, you have an, a plan of action like you're talking about. What are you asking them to basically validate what 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 he's using the truck for versus uh what i can help him with yeah i mean that's a big thing is like i said i always try and start out with what are you using your truck for you know what size tires are on it how many miles are on it what are you using it for what year is it you know get all the baselines i want to learn to know the customer you know like i said there's a lot of people that'll just say oh, you got no three, you need this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and that, and whatever. You know, some people don't need this. Some people don't need that. You know, some people would appreciate this over that. You know, you can get into that all day. But the big thing is, you know, is like I said, get a get a power goal and get a budget in mind. And the big thing is, like I said, you look at the LB7 and LLIs, and the weak spot is the connecting rods at the bottom of the motor. So, you know, you want to have in mind that your power goal is going to be around 650 horse max on a stock motor and unless you have the you know 8 10 15 20 grand to go in and start doing motor work um you you better start farming yeah then uh then you get back in the lbz lmm and uh your piston failure as i kind of touched on is going to be your limit so you know that's in the 700 horse to 800 horse range depending on how you use it so you know you want to get into the use of that um, the LML is a little stronger and we're not super confident on, you know, exactly where the power level is of the motor. I mean, I can definitely tell you it's, you know, north of 750, uh, you know, maybe 800, maybe 850. I don't know. That's the breaking but, point of it. Yeah. I mean, we don't really know. I don't yeah. think there's a lot of guys that, you know, have beat the hell out of, I don't know a lot of guys that blew up LMLs, not doing something stupid. Right. So, you know, it, you gotta be trying to, yeah, you do something wrong or have a failure something, something goes bad Typically. something goes wrong, but you know, and that, all that is based off of how to pick your power goal. Um, then how you use the truck, you know, I mean, I'll be the first to admit I've got a, you know, I've got an enclosed trailer. I tow my decoys around. I'm a big hunter. So I, you know, goose hunting, driving through cornfields, you know, towing a boat, going out fishing in the summer, going out in the river, waterfall hunting, or, you know, a small trailer deer hunting if we're heading out west or something like that. So, you know, I'm not pulling equipment around. I used to work construction and and I worked my old truck a little harder if I had to hook up to a, you know, a skid steer trailer, a small dump trailer or something like that. But, you know, you know, I, I, that's why I asked, what do you use your truck for? Because a guy that, that uses his truck every day, he's hooked up to a trailer and pulling equipment around, you're going to want to, you know, recommend things that are more geared towards lower EGTs, drivability, longevity versus your guy like me that, you know, 
I don't necessarily need a diesel truck. And I think a lot of guys listening to this might agree, you know, we're not all towing 15,000 pounds right. on a weekly, monthly, or even yearly basis, but we want the power. We want the, you know, the platform and the, the and load. I'm not driving a car. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not driving a gas truck if I can afford it. So there you go. That's why yeah, I drive a diesel. Exactly. So, I mean, that, that's what, you know, based around, like I said, the parts needed, you know, if you're not if you're not working that and legging that truck out with 15,000 pounds behind it, you might not need an exhaust right away. You might not need certain parts. So, I mean, that that's how you base, you know, like I said, I stress more and more is get get your power goals, get your budget, get what you use your truck for, and base everything off of that. Um, and it'll save you time and money in the future and, and as your build evolves, you know. That is awesome. There you have it, folks. Bob Peterson with Calibrated Power. Daddy, uh, my, my all-time favorite analogy on earth will now be tuning. You know, it's like a piece of ass. You got to have more than just one. Um, <laughs> it's very true. Words to live by. Yeah, words you can't just uh, have one tuner and then tell all your buddies how great it is. You got to have something to go by besides just one. I, I hear you. On, on a, you need a baseline, you do. right? So you drove it stock. You got it tuned once. You got to try another tuner out there. I hear you on that. I think... Like everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of the the Duramaxes, especially the LML platform. I, I've never kept that a secret. It is always cool to hear about what all of the potential is with some of the older trucks. I think that was something that was really cool. And that's what Bob touched on. We talked a lot about the older trucks and, you know, LML and older. Yeah. But it, like you said, it always comes back to the new 15, the 16 LML. Every, there's some about them that it's the latest, it's the greatest. They look cool. They have the most updated everything. So, yeah, if you got the cash, you know, put it on the dash and make put a down payment. You know? I dig it. I dig it. Let's hear from the listeners out there. Uh, what's your favorite type of Duramax? Please post on our Facebook page. Comment on this episode if you found us through a Facebook uh, post. Uh, get onto your Facebook forums and let, let's really try to see how many people out there prefer an LB7 or prefer an LBZ or how many people think I'm crazy for hating on the LLYs so much. Let's find out. Well, I do want to say uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. We've really enjoyed putting this podcast together for you. I'm Paul Wilson. And I'm Danny Voss. Thanks for listening. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com, developer of performance engine and transmission calibrations for a wide variety of late model diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, John Deere, Jeep, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920.